0: This is Bangarang Radio, a podcast network. For more shows, visit bangarangradio.com.
1: I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bangarang on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza You're listening to Pop Punkin' Pizza on Bangarang Radio Alright, so we are
0: on Thank you for listening to Pop Punkin' Pizza I am your host, Jacques L'Amour Always a pleasure to have you here Hey, we officially have t-shirts now with our logo on it you can buy them right now at bangerringradio.bigcartel.com or you can find the link if you go to bangerringradio.com you'll see a little page there that says shop and if you click on that link it'll take you to the big cartel website the t-shirts have actually been selling really well so thank you to everyone who has bought one uh, so far It definitely helps us get a little little bit of funding here at uh, Bangerang Radio. So, yeah, get those Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast t-shirts, bangerangradio.bigcartel.com. I'm super stoked about today's show. Our special guest is Jay Norton, the lead vocalist and guitarist from an awesome pop punk band from Phoenix, Arizona called Innocent Elaine. We played their song called Point of View here on the show before. Speaking of songs that we play on the show... I haven't mentioned this in a, in a while, but if you're a Spotify user, we have a playlist to where you can listen to all the bands that we've played on this show. So if you just type in Pop, Punk, and Pizza Podcast, that playlist will pop up. And I update it, obviously, as frequently as I can is when we put out new episodes there's more songs that I play on the show so I add them to uh, that list so yeah Spotify users hit up that playlist tons and tons of awesome bands all over the country obviously a lot of them are from the Chicagoland area but that's because that's where we're based so and um, with that being said let's get to our submissions this week I'm super happy about all the music that's being sent to me getting sent some awesome stuff so keep them coming in all right if you want your music played on the show hit me up bangering radio at gmail.com if I'm into it I'm gonna play it so this next one or this first one I should say we have two today is from a band out of southeast Michigan called almost made the mixtape Love the name, guys, by the way. Uh, their story on their Facebook says, we're looking to bring back that pop-punk vibe that you loved from the early 2000s back with a, with a vengeance. Uh, this is uh, a song called Broken Kid. It's from their new album called a Boy, which is being released February 15th.
1: Watch me play my hand and take a hit Before you bring me crashing down Call you up any afternoon you're the Take up too much of your time. Why can't you grow up and act your age? Don't give a second glance, it might take up too much of your time. Why can't you grow up and act your age? Don't give a second glance, it might take.
0: Kid by Almost Made the Mixtape from Southeast Michigan. Shout out to Casey for sending me that song. I love your sound, guys. Their new album called Boy is going to be out February 15th. So don't forget to find Almost Made the Mixtape there on Facebook and all the different sol- social media pages and all that. So earlier this week, or maybe it's been a couple weeks now, a small punk rock record label out of Maryland sent me an email with a bunch of awesome songs from bands on their their roster. So I'm going to be sharing these songs with you here and there throughout the uh, podcast, d- on different episodes, of course. Uh, the label is called Snubbed Records. Uh, thanks to Ron, by the way, uh, their owner, for reaching out and uh, sending me this. Uh, one of the bands, actually, that is on Snubbed Records is Ron's band called The Ailments. I believe it's how it's pronounced. Um, if I pronounce it wrong, Ron, I apologize, but I'm guessing it's ailments. Um, fell in love with their sound immediately. If you're in the D.C. area, by the way, they're playing with Agent Orange at a Rock and Roll Hotel, March 22nd. This is their song called Right to Hate. And right is spelled R-I-T-E. Hate's a to hate we're getting very punk rock here on pop punk and pizza Uh, right to hate by the ailments i believe is how their name is pronounced they are on a really cool indie punk label called snubbed records Out of Maryland sent me a bunch of Awesome punk rock tunes this week So we're going to get a little more punk rock Here and there on Pop, Punk, and Pizza Which I love because I do Enjoy a good punk rock tune So check out all their bands You can buy music and all that fun stuff If you go to snubbedrecords.com Cool backstory on this song By the way Ron who's the bass player for The Ailments, was telling me that they actually recorded that song out at Bill Stevenson's recording studio in Colorado called The Blasting Room. It's pretty well known. Now, Bill produced and engineered the song. Bill Stevenson plays drums for the Descendants, so that's a pretty big deal. And actually, he's one of the people singing backup vocals during I've Gotta Right." So how cool is that? Thanks, thanks for that submission, Ron. It's a really badass song. Really uh, cool story to go along with it as well. When it comes to punk bands, I mean, one of the legendary bands you think of is, of course, The Descendants. So the fact that you got to record with Bill is pretty damn cool. Jay Norton is our special guest today, lead vocalist and guitarist of Innocent Elaine, pop punk out of Phoenix, Arizona, and man, did we get into a whole bunch of different topics, Uh, everything from what his dream lineup would be at the final Vans Warped Tour, to talking about whether cell phones should be banned at shows, oh, and how could I forget, we talked about Star Wars The Last Jedi, he's a huge Star Wars fan, and he actually wrote a song about it and since i knew he wrote that song i was curious as to curious as to if he liked the last jedi or not but anyway we get into all that stuff and more in this interview so please enjoy it hello hello is this jay
2: this is jay how are you doing man
0: good how about you
2: uh, not a whole lot. I've got a pretty easy afternoon ahead of me. Um my fiance and I are making some homemade pizza and we're gonna just hang out and eat and most likely take a nap and all that good stuff.
0: You know, it's kind of funny. I mean, you're doing an interview with Pop Punk and Pizza today as well, <laughs> and you're yeah, and you're making I, I homemade even, pizza. <laughs> I,
2: I didn't even plan that. It's just like you know, pizza sounds good, and then it turns out we're doing this.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great, man. So we played Point of View a couple episodes ago. Love the song. I like um, Identity Crisis as well. Great album. Um, So, you know, last year it was a big guy. It was a big year for you guys. You know, you put out Identity Crisis and then you uh, had some really big shows as well, including the Alice Cooper's uh, The Proof is in the Pudding competition. And you guys placed third in that, right? Yes. So I got to ask obviously, did you get a chance to meet Alice? And if you did, did he have any kind of advice for you guys?
2: Uh, So, funny story, if you rewind the clock back to April, we actually got to open up for Alice Cooper.
0: Yes, that's correct.
2: Um, We opened up for Alice an event called Arizona Bike Week, and um, Alice, so I've been to meet Alice, I believe, two or three times now, and despite... uh, his kind of rock and roll, bad boy reputation, he is possibly the nicest guy I have ever met. Um, and Alice is from Detroit, and when we opened up for um, for him in last April, uh, he called myself and the lead singer of the other opening band out on stage with him to sing his encore, which was school out, and <laughs> um which was awesome i never thought that i'd be sharing a stage with um alice cooper and he calls me out and i'm on stage singing and uh, i wore a bob seger shirt and bob seger is from detroit as well and alice walks over in between the first chorus and the second verse and points at my shirt and goes nice shirt man and then and started singing again. And uh, that's really the extent of um, my musical experience with Alice Cooper. He's maybe giving us any feedback on really the band and stuff. We've talked about, the first time I met him, we actually talked about baseball, because we're both baseball fans.
0: <laughs> okay, I never, I honestly never would have pegged him for a baseball guy.
2: Yeah, Alice, um, here's me, it, it has since, Close its doors but he actually used to own a little sports bar uh right down near chase field where the diamondbacks play okay so yeah alice is a big sports guy and he is super nice and uh he complimented my shirt when i was singing background vocals for him and it was possibly the coolest moment of my life.
0: <laughs> that, that is pretty awesome. Uh, did you grow up with Alice, or was it just kind of like, hey, this competition came up, so let's do it?
2: Um, so, the earliest memories that I have of listening to classic rock, I was, I don't know, about six years old on a road trip with my dad rocking out to Aerosmith. Since then, I've kind of just always uh, loved kind of the genre of rock as a whole, um, and so I have enjoyed Alice's music for quite a long time, but a couple years ago, you know, I was walking into Guitar Center, and on their little post board thing, uh, I saw a picture of, and it caught my eye, and I read them
1: here, and it
2: said, uh, young musicians wanted for, uh, proof is in the pudding talent search. And so, uh, I sent it over to my band and we joined, um, that Battle of the Bands. And so, this past year, we've it in the finals all three years. Um, so they start with a hundred plus bands and we've made it into the top five all three years. Um, and this year we actually placed, um, which was cool, and that has led that, like, that, um, our involvement in the competition is what led to us having opportunities to open for Alice, and um, we've gotten a couple other really awesome shows out of it, um, and so, yeah, it's just super killer getting to, uh, like, participate in that Battle of the Bands, and then having that lead to a couple of the cool shows that we've
0: been able to play. Yeah, I mean, that's a badass, you know, opening for Alice Cooper and then even being on stage with him for a short time and do his encore. It's just amazing. And, I mean, your story goes to prove that persistence pays off. I didn't realize that you oh, guys yeah. had done this for the, the third time and, and finally uh, made some real headway with it. And people think that promoters and other whoever it is in the uh, music business doesn't notice those things but they do it's not always about who you know it's um, what what they see so that's cool I Yeah.
2: Was, uh, th- one of the benefits of that is um, as a finalist you get to be featured on Alice's uh, Christmas record that comes out every year so we actually this past week just got done uh, recording for his 2018... Christmas record
0: for the third year in a row. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> There's so many cool things that you could put on your uh, your resume now involving Alice Cooper. Yes. we've been on his Christmas album three times, and you know that's 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 cool. So what's the Christmas album like? I didn't know he did that. I you would I would think I would know that because actually work with a guy that's a huge huge Alice Cooper fan. In fact, he's such a big fan that he's got him, his face tattooed on his arm. Um, but uh, I've never that heard... is awesome. Yeah, no, he's a huge fan, and he finally got to meet him at some... Can some like comic or horror convention a couple of years back out here in the Chicagoland area, and he was all giddy and shaken and with uh, <laughs> with nervousness. And I was happy that he finally got to meet him. But um, I didn't know he had a Christmas album. What What does the uh, Christmas album consist of? Is it like originals or just like renditions of classics? Or
2: yeah, so he takes the. Um the finalists from his uh, from the the Battle of the Bands that he puts on every year and he makes like a compilation CD of all the different finalists and so there's usually um, like seven bands that make it into the finals and seven solo artists that make it into the finals and they're two separate categories um, and so it's just kind of like a uh, it's not like a, an album that Alice is singing on himself, but it's a it's an album um, that consists of holiday tunes that is put out under the Alice Cooper name.
0: I see. Okay, so he's not actually on the record the Christmas. Right. Gotcha. Okay. I guess I misunderstood that, <laughs> and probably most people do. I mean, I did see you guys um, when I was when when uh, Emily first sent your information over to me and I was looking uh, you guys up, I think I did stumble across a video or a recording, and it, maybe it was from one of those Christmas albums.
2: Uh, yeah, there's a decent chance. Um, if you uh, just search our name on Spotify, uh, I, Identity Crisis comes up, but we also will come up um, for the... At this point, there's only two uh, Alice Cooper Christmas records that we're on because the third one won't get released until later this year. Um, But I'm sure she probably sent over, if it was not off of Identity Crisis, it was most likely off of one of those two Alice Cooper Christmas records.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I, I remember hearing. I don't remember which song it was, but I remember it sounded really kick ass. <laughs> I do remember that. So, because um, you guys come from the the vein of of pop punk that I love so much and that I grew up on, you know, the the more of the the older style, um, you know, Green Day influenced and things like that. So, um, so I that's that's why I gravitated towards you guys right away. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's like this is this is right up my alley this is what I love so um yeah
2: that is uh I mean I learned how to play guitar by watching live videos of Green Day on YouTube and just kind of putting my feet in the same power stance that Billy Joe did and strumming my guitars like Billy Joe did and wear my guitar down hanging below my waist and that is what shaped me into who I am today both as a player but also as a songwriter Um, and then later on I got into Blink-182 and, um, I've always loved the Ramones. And, uh, and then a little bit later, um, Bowling for Soup and then Sum 41 and Good Charlotte, like all of those kind of classic late nineties, early two thousands, uh, pop punk bands, uh, is pretty much... 95% 95% of my influence.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm same here man. That's exactly how I am and and I could tell that just by you know listening to your guys's music and and watching some of your live videos and things like that, which is totally awesome. Um it, how uh it you brought up uh, you know emulating Billy Joe and man, I I did that hardcore when I was like 14. I that was when I was 14 is when American Idiot came out and I was already a huge fan before that but when um AI came out I just dove deep in and I started um you know finding the the um the black shirt and the red tie and in fact I did it so much that the band I was in at the time I I think I remember wearing that like outfit at some of the, sh- you know, at some of the shows, and started wearing eyeliner and things like that, and learning that album "American Idiot" front to back, and playing it every day after school, and I it got pretty obs- obsessive at one point.
2: Yeah, that was totally me too. Um, I uh, had this little crappy stereo system in my room that my dad gave to me, and uh, I went and found uh, American idiot on CD, uh, in like the used section of, uh, whatever store I bought it at. And I used to put it on and I would just play. And, uh, as I got more into, uh, like public performing instead of just jamming out in my bedroom. Um, yeah, I did the, the tight black pants and the black shirt and the, Red tie and eyeliner, I did all that stuff as well. That was, um, that was totally like who I was. And, uh, since then, that was, I don't know, that was four or five years ago or something like that. Yeah. And um, since then, I've kind of developed into, uh, a little bit more of my own style. I don't do the red tie and eyeliner thing anymore. <laughs> I have a big, big, thick, like, Buddy Holly glasses and wear backwards hats and skateboard T shirts and all that good
0: stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I got I I wear glasses half the time and yeah, I've got the big thick rim glasses too. So yeah, I've I've tried to I've I've done the same thing, you know. I've um I still have the influence, but yeah, you 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 find your own you find yourself eventually, um and figure out how you wanna how you wanna do your thing. So um So back to uh, Innocent Elaine, not to to get off topic, which it's, I mean, we could, I'm sure you and I, we could talk about Green Day all day long. Um.
2: Yeah, we, I could (laughs) ramble forever about how great Green Day is and how much I love them and yeah all that good
0: stuff. Yeah. I, I, I think people probably that listen to this show on a regular basis, they, they might fast forward through the parts where I stop, start talking about Green Day. Cause I do it all the time just because there's such a big influence. And, you know, I play in a Green Day tribute band as well. So that just kind of, you know, that adds, adds to it. Um, that's but, awesome. <laughs> thanks man. Um, but, um, what do you guys have planned for for this year? I mean, last year was was really good for you guys.
2: Yeah. So uh, this year, uh, so since so the band started in 2014, like October of 2014, and at the beginning of every year, at our first meeting of the year, before we even pick up our instruments and play one note, uh, we put everything down and we just discuss goals and. Uh, like we review our the goals that we set the past year and kind of see how we did, and uh, so the past couple of years we have met our goals and it has been um, it's been awesome. Like the band has, I mean, we're definitely not like a big, huge, successful, famous band, but um, we put out records and we've opened for some big names, like like. The band is is doing quite well, and so for 2018, we weren't exactly sure where we wanted to go as far as goal setting goes, Um, but we ended up settling on, uh, we wanted to start writing some more, and so one of our goals is to have a full-length album worth of songs, plus some, written by the end of the year, and... Uh, we'd like to increase our social media presence because uh we just are looking for some more eyes on Innocent Elaine to hopefully translate into getting some more people to our shows. And maybe uh if we can get some social media following outside of the Phoenix area, we can kind of use those outlets to get ourselves to California or to Nevada or really... Anywhere that we can get to, that'll have us. And so um, those were the two main goals were, uh, um, yeah, just write songs and increase social media presence. And then, of course, just keep playing as much as we can. Three of us are still in college. Um, Brandon, the drummer, graduated uh, not this past December, but like a year and one month ago. Um, and then Colton, the bass player and myself are both seniors in college. And Shay, who is our newest member, um, is just a little baby sophomore. And so, um, (laughs) as much as three college students and a guy who works 40 hours a week can play, um, we're, that, that's our goal. Just get out and just have fun.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what it should be that's definitely where where it all starts obviously and and I know I've gotten caught up in that in the past where I didn't really see that I just kind of saw the the other end the the business end and completely forgot oh wait a minute I'm supposed to have fun <laughs> you know like that's what this is all about right that's why I do this um
2: yeah it it was very expressly um stated when we started the band a couple years ago and um again like as we as we come of the beginning of each new year, or um, we added a member this past year, and it's it's stated right up front very clearly. Like, if you're in this to make money, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. We are here to have as much fun as we can, and to um, have much of a as much of a positive impact on uh, people as we can. Anybody who is willing to show up to our shows is somebody that we want to walk out of our show like just feeling like oh my gosh that was so much fun I had a great time I'd love to do this again because that's really why we do it because it's fun and so we want people who experience it to have a bunch of fun as well.
0: Yeah, that's that's a good that's that's a really good way to look at it. I'm glad you guys have have that um so to speak uh, statements for for your band or for anyone that's entering your band. That's that's good cuz sometimes that like I said that definitely that definitely gets lost for sure. So you guys said that you were in college, uh, most of you are. What what are you all uh, majoring in right now?
2: So Brandon the drummer um who graduated just a bit over a year ago graduated with a degree in counseling with emphasis in drug and alcohol abuse which could be no more fitting than kind of what what we do Mm -hmm. Um, because the music industry is uh, kind of a dark place as far as uh, addictions and excessive this and that and the other things so uh, Brandon graduated with a counseling major and uh, myself Colton and shay all three of us are music majors.
1: Oh
0: nice man
2: nice. So Brandon's really the only intelligent one in the band
0: well that's not true i mean you know getting a degree in music isn't easy what's uh is there a certain type of music degree that you're going towards or is it general or um or certain instruments or all all the above
2: yeah so um I'm not a hundred percent sure where Colton and Shay are at as far as their concentration or emphasis or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I, uh, personally want to, uh, like work full time in, uh, in a church for the rest of my life, 40 hours a week. Um, just kind of playing music and doing, um, like music ministry. And so my degree is in modern worship music.
0: Oh, okay, that's very cool. That um, and I think it's all. I think it's awesome that all you guys are in college and and most of you are getting music degrees. So, are you a Warped Tour fan? I, I mean, that's probably a, a no brainer to to ask that question. I am question. indeed
2: a Warped Tour fan. Okay. I went to my first Warped Tour at the eighteen, um, which was in two thousand fourteen. Uh, I had just started dating my girlfriend and I was like, Hey babe, like you've never been to a concert. Let's why not go and stand on your feet for eleven hours outside (laughs) in the sun where it's very hot. Doesn't that sound like fun? And you don't really have access to uh like proper water. Like work tour offers water, but like it's either warm or tastes really, really bad. But like hey it's gonna be so fun, so let's go <laughs> and uh we went, and it was a blast and By the end of the day, we were fairly certain that we were gonna die, but
0: <laughs> that's usually how it um, goes, yeah,
2: but it was awesome and like we found some new bands, saw some bands that I like had already loved, and we went um when I was eighteen was the first work tour we went when I was nineteen. Uh, we went when I was 20, and then, uh, so it was just kind of like our thing. That was something that every year as a couple we would go to Warp Tour, but she was not able to go last year, and so, like a high quality boyfriend, I decided, you know, if I can't go with you, I don't think I'm going to go. Wow. Uh,
0: wow, you which, are a gentleman.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, You're a sweetie.
0: It,
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then I got word that this upcoming Warp tour is going to be the last one. So yeah, um, the girlfriend that I went to Warp tour with when I was 18 um, is now my fiance at age 21.
0: Congratulations! And
2: uh, well, thank thank you. You're welcome. Um, but I told her like I was like, babe, uh, I don't care what the occasion is or who says what. We are going to Warp tour, and she was she had. Nothing to say about that. She fully <laughs>
0: agreed and we're freaking going. Hell yeah. I mean, it's gonna be the last cross country one and who knows what the future holds exactly, so you gotta catch I'm it. I'm sure
2: Kevin Lyman will cook something
0: up. Oh but... yeah. I mean he's got he's got plans. They're just obviously not announced yet, but uh it might be harder to get to whatever event he's gonna do because it's not gonna be a a cross country thing. Um right. Well, the reason I ask is because oh, who would your uh, dr- dream lineup be for the final Warp tour?
2: Oh, I would love to see like some some classics come back. Um, I know last year, like Sum Forty One and Good Charlotte, uh, were both on the bill for Warp tour. That was
0: uh, actually that was sixteen.
2: Oh, was that two years ago? Yeah, oh, cause yeah I, must have been, cause...
0: Be, because I went that year just because there were so many, you know, what I call classics as well, yeah. so
2: Yeah, so that was, yeah, because that was the year that we went, but um, those two bands did not come through on the Phoenix Day.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
2: so, yeah, they did a huge chunk of the warp tour and then when they come through our warp tour they were nowhere to be found. And uh, so that's a bummer. Um I would love to see uh, Sound forty one and Good Charlotte. Um, and I mean I don't know how, I mean this is not realistic even a little bit, but I'd love to see Blink one eighty two get on the warp tour again. Um and anti flag and There you go. Bowling for soup and paramore and like i could probably go on <laughs> until the sun went down
0: well hey um, i mean i asked the question so you could <laughs> you know we could do but, the rest of the interview is now yeah, jay telling which bands he would like to see a warp tour
2: <laughs> if you just think of the iconic late 90s early 2000s pop punk bands. Every single one of those should be on Warp Tour for this past year and then I will die a happy man. <laughs>
0: yeah. Same here, man. I my lineup would be very it would be resurrecting some some bands that haven't played Warp Tour in forever, you know? Um and yeah, you bring up Blink One eighty two and I think it would be really cool and I think it's possible that they just might randomly show up at one of the dates, and it, it'd be a surprise, you know. I, th- I hope that's what happens for this last Warp Tour. I hope they do—it'd be cool if they did that for every city, if there was some kind of surprise guest or some, You know what I mean? Like a surprise band. It'd be really yeah, cool. Yeah,
2: that would be awesome.
0: I mean, that might be asking a lot, but I think that would be very cool. That way each city, like, gets its own special send-off you know for yeah for it being the the final cross country warp tour but yeah that's i mean i'm sure that's how blink would be back on for sure cuz i mean god if if I don't know if they were announced to be on the the whole tour as part of the one of the headliners. I would be I would be really shocked. I would be very very surprised. Um, I
2: would probably buy tickets to more than one date.
0: <laughs> I yeah I think everyone would and some people would probably have to in order to actually go because <laughs> you know their hometown date would probably sell out. So they're like, well, let's try to go to this one and yeah the next closest one or whatever. But um. One band that I would love to see come back would be Sugar Cult, for sure. I know that would be on my line. Do you remember Sugar Cult? I'm sure you do.
2: I do. Um, um, yeah, I, I mean, the the list is almost endless.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um,
2: it's just, like, so insane to look back over, like, the history of Warp Tour and like, oh my gosh, they played Warp Tour back in the day? Cause,
0: right. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, I, I went to my first Warp Tour at 18, which was in 2014. And Warp Tour had been a thing for like 20 years by that time or something like that. And so, like, I missed out on so much. But like, um, yeah, there's just such an, a ginormous list of just like, Oh my gosh, I want them to come back. Like it'd be awesome to see Yellow Card make a comeback. like <laughs> make like make a comeback. I saw Yellowcard sixteen <laughs> yeah. um at Warp Tour. Um, and I remember standing there and they announced like, Hey, this is our last warp tour and we're gonna do one more like solo yellow card tour and then we're calling it quits and I was yeah. like are you kidding me this is that's nonsense don't do that
1: <laughs> yeah um,
2: or like newfound glory I saw newfound glory at uh, 2016 warp tour as well and like they were just awesome and so if I it'd be great if they came back or here's a crazy one my Chemical
0: Romance. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah.
2: That,
0: that was going to be really one I was going to bring up. Oh,
2: man. Well,
0: there is the rumor that they're going to be doing some touring because I'm sure you probably saw it. It was all over the Internet with, uh, the like, the tour section of their website says something along the lines of... Um, announcements coming soon or something along those lines. And so people are wondering if it is in fact warp tour. There was that petition that someone started about getting them on the, the whole final warp tour.
2: Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: It would be, that would be a little insane. Um, regardless if they play warp tour or not, if they are actually getting back together to tour, that would be pretty incredible. So you know, I'm sure you've you heard about this, too. Jack White recently announced that he's not allowing cell phones at his shows for this upcoming tour he's doing. And it, it, bands and artists have actually been doing this before. I remember reading, like, Beyonce doing it and Bruno Mars. What, what do you, as a performer, what are your thoughts on the whole banning the cell phone things at, at shows? I mean, does it bother you when people have their cell phones out?
2: Um, as a performer, uh, standing on the other side of the stage uh, with a guitar on my shoulder and a microphone in front of me, um, I don't necessarily have a problem with people on their cell phones as long as um, like, it's not overdone. So, so now speaking from the other side of the stage, as someone who also attends quite a few concerts um what i usually do but the formula that works pretty good for me is i'll keep my phone in my pocket for when the band comes out because that's usually a huge moment the band comes out they do their opening song which is usually just a banger that everybody knows every word to and it's awesome and then maybe two or three songs deep i'll take out my phone and i'll take maybe a few pictures of each member doing their thing. And then when that's over, when I'm done snapping those pictures, my phone's back in my pocket and I'm back engaged with the band. Um, Because as a performer, especially like in the pop punk genre, it's so, so crucial for our style of music for the crowd to be involved Um, because I mean I'm not going to speak for every pop punk band because that's not my place but uh, musically we aren't anything super crazy we don't like sweet pick and (laughs) and we don't intentionally change tempos and play funky time signatures we just get up there play power chords loud fast and obnoxious And tell fart jokes on stage, and I freaking love it, and it's the best, Um, but it makes it so difficult to kind of have that energy if you don't feed off of a crowd that's invested in the show. Right. And so, to bust out your phone and snap a few pictures, or even if there's a song that you really like that you want to record... totally cool with that but when somebody's like standing there in the front row uh texting their best friend for 29 out of the 30 minutes of your show it's just like like why why are you here
1: um
2: and we're we're glad that those people show up because Uh, Like I stated earlier, we just want to have as much fun as possible with whoever wants to have as much fun as possible and show up. But it's almost like not even having anybody there if they're just hanging out on their phone. So do I agree with banning phones? No. Do I wish that people were a little bit more invested in... The performance going on in front of them than some people are, by all means, 100% yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People, and it's, it, you know, it's not just at shows because I, I catch myself doing this everywhere when I shouldn't have my phone out, you know. Um, I should be paying attention to whatever it is that's going on. And we get, we have this technology addiction. We're addicted. You know, you get so addicted to to social media and things like that that no matter where you're at, if you're just hanging out with friends or if you're at an actual show, you just have this this little thing in your brain that's like, "Hey, pull out your phone, <laughs> look look at Facebook, look at Twitter, text your friend or whatever it is." It's it's just uh it's it's a terrible addiction. I feel like because I have it even myself, but. I kind of, back, you know, with the whole cell phone thing at, at shows, not having them, not allowing them at shows, I honestly, I, I see both sides, but I think it's, I don't think it's a bad idea. You know, they bring out these yonder boxes or whatever the hell they call them. I don't know how it's the name is pronounced, but they put them in the box and it locks the box until the end of the show. I guess in an emergency, the the person can open the box to get the phone back out, but I guess they can only do so in like the lobby of the venue or something like that.
2: Right? Yeah, I think that that's a bit extreme, but I, I, I mean, I guess a lot like you, I do see both sides of the argument because I, I go to concerts. I'm a, I love concerts so much. I've been to most people i've been more i've been to more concerts and seen see more bands than most people my age and then also as someone who straps on a guitar and gets behind a microphone uh, as often as i possibly can like i see both sides so i don't i guess i don't really have like a strict view like answer for you it's yeah. just kind of <laughs> like like Hey, people! Like, if you're here, like, be here. Mm-hmm. Snap a couple pictures if you want to show your mom when you get home. Yeah, but put your phone away, right? Take your head thing, and jump around. Come mm-hmm. up on stage and stage dive off. I don't care what you do, as long as you don't punch me in the face. We're gonna be good.
0: <laughs> right, right, exactly, man, exactly. Um, one thing I I like to do on the show that I try to do almost every show is. Share um, with people Like what um, Like one of the songs Or one of the bands that we've been listening to A lot this past week And play it it on the show So usually the guest picks a song That they've been jamming out to And then like I'll pick a song That I've been jamming out to So what's a song that you can think of That you've been jamming Um, out to This last week
2: The last week Or so um so I love pop punk and I love classic rock, but I also love metal. Like in all different types of metal and I'm not one who's like, Oh dude, that's not metal, that's grunge core. Like <laughs> I'm not that guy. <laughs> but like 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 I have been digging Pantera so much. Yeah. Like to the point where like I'll be in the car and uh there's this one like metal radio station out here in the Phoenix area and every once in a while a Pantera song will come on. And to be honest, I recklessly head behind the wheel because I just <laughs> simply can't control myself. And man, I just, I love Pantera so much. There's something of there's just something about, um, the, the, the groove that they create. Um, and so, because, uh, to be honest, the guitar tones don't really do much for me. I think Vinnie Paul's drums sound awesome. And um, I like how, like, in most of their stuff, they don't have a rhythm guitar underneath Dimebag solos. And then it's just like, like, all the vocals, is just like, oh, my gosh, this makes me want to get, like, just freaking crazy. So pretty much anything Pantera... Um I would say if I had to choose one probably Walk by Pantera just gets me going.
0: I don't think I don't think I've ever heard Walk actually.
2: Oh man, you've got to check it out cuz that like I will when that comes on as long as uh I'm in a safe environment to do so, I will pull out my phone and take videos of me
0: Doing the headbanging, uh,
2: like just recklessly headbanging, and I will just send them out to anybody who I think might get a good laugh. Um, because it just—I'm sure I would get a good laugh. <laughs> oh, For sure, I, I, I love I'm sure
0: that. I would laugh pretty, pretty hard at that one. Oh well, yeah.
2: Maybe next next time, if I remember, I'll take a video. I'll shoot you over a nice video <laughs> text. I mean,
0: <laughs> you've got my number now, so <laughs> hell yeah, man. Let's Walk, Pantera. That is, uh, hey, I never suspected that you were going to pick that song. I think that's badass.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't say that's, that's typical for a, a pop-punker to, yeah, this is really what I've been jamming out
0: to. Yeah, no, but, uh, like, pop-punk is cool and all, but this is actually really what, <laughs> this is what I really listen to, you know. Um, my, I'm going to be the, the stereotypical pop-punk kid um, and pick neck deep because i've neck deep is one of the newer pop punk bands that i that i like a lot um not that i don't like the others but i like them uh, you know, more out of out of the others and their new album that came out this this last fall was really good uh, peace and the panic and i really like uh, happy judgment day i don't know if you've heard this song
2: i i'm fairly certain that i have i uh Quite often, I'll throw some neck deep on Spotify and just hit shuffle, and I just jam out. I, I'm, I, I'm indeed a neck deep fan, and I would love to get a chance to see them live.
0: Yeah, they're uh, going to be in Chicago, I know, at Concord Music Hall Monday, February 12th. And, I mean, I that's part of their whole U.S. tour. I don't know what their Arizona date is, if they have one, but it might be you know, coming up here pretty soon. I'm not sure when this current t- tour starts, but, I mean, February 12th is not far <laughs> from now. Yeah, I will so.
2: definitely, as soon as we hang up, I will definitely go look.
0: Yeah, I would. <laughs> I definitely would, man. But um, I think the reason why I've kind of attached to Neck Deep is they, they do kind of remind me of All Time Low. Um, so, and I like All Time Low, of course. Uh, so, yeah, it's Happy Judgment Day. So that's my pick. Happy Judgment Day, Neck Deep from Peace and the Panic just came out uh, this last fall. So if you've never actually listened to that before, you probably have if you're listening to this show, but I would uh, I would highly suggest checking that out. So, um, well, Jay, we got Jay here from Innocent Elaine, lead vocalist, guitarist. Thanks for being on the show, man.
2: Yeah, dude, it's been awesome. I, if there's two things that I love very, very much. It's pop punk and pizza.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, we'll just throw the the, uh, the stereotype in there for sure. Um, I mean, I've played Point of View on the show. I know that's like your guys' probably most well-known song. Um, we can play that one uh, right now, or we can play another song from the record. Maybe that's your favorite from Identity Crisis. It's totally up to you.
2: Um, well, if you're going to give me some options, uh, I will give you
0: some, some, uh, some, uh, what's the word? Um, oh man, I, I am brain farting so bad today. It must be because it must be because I'm still on my PJs. I think that's what I'm going to blame it on. I'm I'm just not.
2: Yeah. Putting I have the, on real clothes automatically, automatically makes you think a little, a little straighter.
0: It does. It really does. It, it kind of, uh, takes out the, uh, Bed brain, you know, um yeah, but no i will uh I'll give you some some room on that, so yeah, what song on identity crisis do you identify with, huh, sorry, it's a bad pun um,
2: it's all good I've, you're allowed to make that
0: <laughs> yeah, um so yeah, what song do you is your favorite um well,
2: I think one that kind of shows a little bit of a different side of who we are um, is freedom. Um, We get a lot of good feedback on freedom and uh, that's one that I introduce. I usually in our live show, I'll introduce with something along the lines of uh, hey, this is our token headbanger song. Headbang if you'd like to. And then we play. Oh,
1: all right. Cool. Um,
2: So yeah, it's it's a a little different than our kind of standard pop punk stuff but that's still us
0: awesome well let's take a listen to it Elaine once again, Jay Norton is on the line lead vocalist and uh, guitarist i I do like that song i I pretty much the the whole album I really got into, and I mean, how could I not like the final song on un, uh, untitled star wars song <laughs> i I'm, I'm a star wars fan, of course, so
2: oh man me too did
0: you like last Jedi or do you have a bone to pick with you know
2: oh man, this is are you sure you want to get into this conversation? This <laughs> this is, this so is a long whole
0: long? This is a whole other podcast. Well, I guess in a nutshell, what what did you think of it?
2: So, I would give it, honestly, like a 6 out of 10.
0: Oh, okay. Because, so, you're so in the middle.
2: I kinda, yeah, so I kind of grade it almost like... Um, Like, a teacher would grade a paper. Like, so it's not... It wasn't, like, a complete fail. Like, it doesn't deserve an S, but it definitely was not deserving of a good grade. And I thought it was a mostly good movie, but there's just a couple key things that just really, really bother me. And the biggest one is... uh, Is... They... Threw some very unnecessary jokes in there that ruined special moments. Um, so I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm about to get a little nerdy on you.
0: <laughs> hey, um, like I said, I'm I'm a huge fan as well. So by all means. So in on
2: May 25th, 1977, when Episode Four came out, uh, people in the theater uh, just I don't know. 10 or 15 or 20-ish minutes into the movie, um, Uncle Ben tells Luke that he cannot leave Tatooine because he needs him to help and Luke is all sad and he's feeling the poor me's and he goes out and he's staring at the two sons and then the, the epic Star Wars score comes in and you just feel what Luke is feeling. It creates a moment that ties you to the character of Luke Skywalker and it's just like oh my gosh and there's an almost countless number of moments that have been created in Star Wars over the course of the past uh now coming up on 41 years and so like probably the most the most memorable and the, the most famous one is the the classic uh dad reveal um or and so, uh, just to be clear, Darth Vader says, "No, I am your father, not <laughs> Luke. I am your father." Yeah, we just gotta gotta clear the air, right now.
0: We do. We do um, mess that up a lot, don't we?
2: But uh, yeah, that's a moment. And when Leia tells Han she loves him, and his response is, "I know," that's a moment. And like I could go on.
1: Yeah, I get you. I get you. Star
2: Wars moments. We're like. In the new one, there are some epic moments that were created, like how episode seven ends, Ray pulls the lightsaber out of her bag, goes to hand it to Luke, he sees it, he doesn't say anything, and then the credits start rolling. And immediately when that ended, before I even stood up out of my seat, I went, oh my gosh, what's next? So episode eight comes, and... It comes back to that scene and Ray hands Luke the lightsaber and he looks at it and it's like the same music has come back and the moment is back and I'm exactly back where I was when episode seven ended. And then he just tosses the lightsaber over his shoulder like it's nothing and that iconic moment that was created has now been ruined by a joke that was meant to just get a pointless giggle out of the people watching.
0: Mm, yeah. And they did that... I can see. And they did that multiple
2: times in the movie.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think the one that bothered me the most was at the end when Luke shows up at the old Rebel base on Crate
1: Yeah. And
2: uh, he goes and he's going to go sacrifice himself for the sake of the Resistance. Right. And Kylo Ren obviously sees Luke gets super upset and uh, this is probably not a direct quote, but he says something like, I want every gun we have to fire on that man. And so every AT-AT and AT-M6 in the line starts firing on Luke, and you see this huge dust thing, and it finally stops, and then Luke walks out as the dust settles, and it's just like, Oh my gosh, how did he survive? It's this incredible moment that is created with high emotions on both sides. And then he does like the whole like brush his shoulder off joke, which just was another pointless joke that took myself personally and um, most people that I've spoken to about it. Out of that iconic moment that was created and that had feelings and all this stuff, and it was—it was just they—they they took something that has been so such a staple to Star Wars over the course of the past forty and a half years, and they're now making stupid jokes about it, which I think is just. Super unfortunate for the Star Wars community and was a total disservice to um the legacy that is star wars and so I'm gonna cut myself off there because <laughs> this is like just the beginning of the conversation, and I'm already getting heated and sitting here on the phone like I'm waving my arms
0: wailing, and... <laughs> oh my god, yeah we should have yeah. I should have asked that question first
2: <laughs> um yeah, so. Um, i I mean, I, I, def- could, I could literally go on forever about <clears throat> oh, Star, sure. Wars. Oh, yeah. two Star Wars. Oh sure. Oh yeah. Star Wars tattoos and have plans for anymore? And yeah, I need to about it.
0: And... I need to get a Star Wars tattoo. But yeah, obviously, I brought it up because of the the song on Identity Crisis, the last song. But um, but so yeah, that's why I was just curious on what you thought of Last Jedi. So now I know a little bit what you think of it. But um, but yeah, no, I agree. They they kind of um they put some. Uh, jokes in that are kind of like typical action movie jokes that you would you know yeah, s- see in a movie. Those with-
2: jokes belong in an Avengers movie.
0: Right, like, you see them in Avengers movies, or you think of, like, older classic movies, like Bruce Willis style, and things like that, and you yeah. think, you know, you think of those jokes, or those movies with The Rock in it, or all those action movie type guys, there's all those jokes in it, and yeah, they kind of, they threw those in there, and, and yeah, that's obviously not the the Star Wars that we uh, we grew up with, you know, so yeah, I, d- I definitely get what uh, you're saying there. I mean, I'll be honest, I laughed my head off when he did that, but I also get what you mean by that. You know, I was also just like, whoa, like, how the hell is he still alive? I was like, you know, Luke is Luke is a badass. How was, you know, how, yeah, how did and, he do that?
2: I, I will admit as well, I gave that little mindless chuckle when those jokes happen as well. Um, so Star Wars got exactly what they wanted out of me, but I still don't like it. Yeah. But like, with I all that said, I I think The Last Jedi did really excellent stuff as well. Um, I love that Ray's parents are nobody. You really think huge deep conversation that I could get into with <laughs> anybody who's got about 10 hours on their hands.
0: <laughs> I just, um, I feel like that's still not settled, though. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
2: I, f- I, I don't think that they'll keep it that way. But no. But if they do, I will be so pleased. Because I think they need to keep some things constant throughout the rest of the Star Wars saga, some of the iconic things that started in 1977 and then 19... 19- Eighty and, 83 and eighty three and eight uh, and ninety nine and all the way up through um, up to this point, they need to keep some things constant. But I think the whole "everybody's related to someone else" thing has kind of run its course. And so, if Ray yeah. ends up being somebody related to somebody that's not a Skywalker, I will not be upset. But if she is in any way related to Luke or Han, I'll just be like so over it because I feel like that's kind of run its course and they need to move on. So, right, the fact right. that Ray's parents were nobodies is a great relief to me.
0: Yeah, I I think it'd be it, I I agree with you there. It, it would be. It'd be weird, or or maybe it, it wouldn't fit right if she was actually linked with somebody. But the thing is, who the hell would you link her with, <laughs> and how would you write that? You know what I mean? With and oh. pull it off. I just I don't know how you would. I I so I well, agree with do you. You
2: want the long answer? Well, <laughs> long answer
0: no maybe answer? maybe we should. Maybe you're right. Maybe we should, we shouldn't get into that. That would be a really really long, really long thing. Because yeah, there's. There's a lot of long answers. I think they're all long answers, honestly.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I also really love some of the visuals that they created. Like when, so after Luke does the whole stupid shoulder brush thing and him and Kylo Ren are then facing each other, like on the the ground. Um, And it's kind of that zoomed out shot of Luke on the right side of the screen facing Kylo Ren with his lightsaber ignited. And Kylo Ren on the left side of the screen, facing Luke with his lightsaber ignited, and you see the background and the, the beautiful sky and the rest of the like you see like the the background scenery. Like I think that is one of my favorite visuals across all what is now nine Star Wars movies. Yeah, um,
0: I agree. It's one of the best moments. Um,
2: yeah, it was it was yeah. just beautiful to look at. And mm-hmm.
0: Yep,
2: I. I like what they did. Um, how they kind of developed Kylo Ren's story, and how they showed um, like Luke's point of view of the story, and then Kylo Ren. But then Ray found out that Luke was like kind of making himself look better than he, how he actually it, And then, so you got to saw got to see that. You kind of got to see how Kylo Ren became Kylo Ren. Yeah, and. I loved Snoke's death, and then the double duel with Rey and Kylo Ren fighting uh, Snoke's Praetorian guards. Like that was just
0: that was pretty intense, visually
2: amazing.
0: Yeah, that was good.
2: It was intense, and I was just on the edge of my seat, and it was awesome. Yeah. So I think The Last Jedi did quite a few things very, very, very well, but there are a couple things. That just really knocked it off the rails for me.
1: Um, yeah, the I can humor is we already that.
2: talked about, and uh, there's a couple other other things that I don't dislike quite as much as the humor, but still like things that I think made a significant negative impact. Um. But we don't need to get into those. Tips. I've already rambled <laughs> yeah, enough we, about Star
0: Wars. I was going to say, I, I should have asked that question a while ago. We could have talked this whole episode all about Star Wars. <laughs> but, uh, well, hey, man, thanks for chatting uh, about Star Wars and about so many things. So it was really great to have you on the show. And uh, very grateful that you are able to take some time out of your day and, and uh, spend it with, with me here. So thank you for that.
2: Yeah, dude, this was awesome. I would, uh, I would, so do this again. I'm not sure if you have repeat guests, but if oh, you I do, have yeah, a, if if you want to have a pop punk, pizza and Star Wars podcast next time, <laughs> dude, <laughs> we you could, hit me up and I will freaking just blast forever. Oh
0: yeah, we could totally do that. Definitely, that'd be that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, so, Innocent Elaine, all of your guys, what are your socials? Are they uh, all the same?
2: Yeah, so um Instagram and Twitter are both at innocent Elaine, no caps or spaces. Um our uh our Facebook is exactly as it is spelled, Innocent uh Elaine E L A I N E. And then we also have a website, InnocentElaineMusic.com. dot com.
0: Awesome. And then you. Oh, got, and
2: and then we have a we we have an email. Um, of course. If anybody wants to contact us via email, innocent. Dot at Gmail dot com.
0: Perfect. And then um, if you are in the Mesa area, should probably plug that show you guys got coming up there, February twenty uh, first, right?
2: Uh, say that one more time.
0: You guys have a show coming up in Mesa. On February twenty first, right? Or did I read that wrong?
2: Um there's a good chance I don't know exactly. I don't have our show schedule in front of me and I am a very, very busy guy, and so I don't I usually find out like, Oh hey, we have a show tomorrow, don't we?
0: Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well I was you know, um, I was obviously doing uh doing my research on you guys and that's what I saw. That's your next show. So I just oh, okay. To, I was
2: <laughs> just handed our schedule, so we actually have um a couple things coming up on February tenth. We're playing uh, the Street Eats Food Truck Festival.
0: That sounds like fun, um,
2: which is super awesome. We played that last year, and it's just like a bunch of food truck venues who go and park in a large lot, and there's music. And so yeah. I want to um, go. <laughs> I'm gonna eat some very unhealthy. Uh, very likely deep-fried food truck food and play uh punk rock set. Um, we also have some stuff, um, some other stuff coming up. We're playing on the February 17th. We got a show on February 21st. Um, and so, yeah, we are staying, like I said, as, as busy as uh, we possibly can. Sure. Um, and then all of those shows, we always post about our upcoming events on all of our social media. Um, And I think usually uh, we post a link on our website and all of that good stuff.
0: Okay, awesome. Yeah, I just saw... And
2: also, something that I forgot to mention. Yeah, what's up? When you asked about social media. Yeah. Uh, We're also on Spotify and iTunes and Google Play and Amazon Prime and... All of that, all of the major uh, streaming websites, and then uh, like on iTunes where you can actually purchase the record. Um, If you just search Innocent Elaine, we are the only Innocent Elaine on the face of the planet, so we're really easy to find. Um, And so you can check us out on all of those music platforms as well.
0: You guys got lucky with that one. It's always I always find that tough. I'm looking for certain bands that I'm gonna play on the show and I'm typing in their name in iTunes, and there's like a billion that come up and I'm like, Oh man, I gotta find the right one now <laughs> So Yeah, awesome. in in
2: high school I was a band I was in a band called Double Negative.
0: Oh god. And
2: there are about a hundred million double negatives on the face of the planet.
0: I believe it. Um
2: and like there are many bands and there's companies and like then there's like do you need math tutoring <laughs> websites that come up like bunch of stuff um and so yeah we did get lucky when we named the band we are the only innocent Elaine on the planet and so we are really easy to find and uh yeah just a quick google search and there we are
0: perfect all right Jay well thank you so much again and hey enjoy that uh homemade pizza all right
2: Oh, I'm looking forward to this homemade pizza. <laughs> it is done. It is ready, and I am about to chow down because I am hungry.
0: All right. Well, have some for me, man.
2: Oh, I I will eat all of it for you <laughs> if that's what you want.
0: Yes, that is actually that doesn't sound too bad right now. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> all right. Alrighty. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Yeah, of course. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me on the show. <laughs>
0: Thank you thank you thank you Jay for being on the show again I hope uh, you enjoyed your homemade pizza It sounds really good right now I haven't had I haven't had homemade pizza in years need to uh, need to do that for uh, the next time I actually have people in this studio for uh pop punk and pizza podcast we've been doing a lot of phone interviews lately but anyway make sure you check out innocent Lane. there he did give the uh, socials there so make sure you hit them up. <laughs> And that's going to be it for today's show. I am Jacques Lamour, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to me. Um, don't forget to reach out to us on social media. Facebook is just Pop and Pizza Podcast. Twitter, Pop and Pizza Pod. Instagram, Pop and Pizza Podcast bangerang radio both on facebook and twitter is at bangerang radio and don't forget pop Punk and pizza podcast t-shirts are here get yours today go to bangerangradio.com forward slash shop or just bangerangradio.bigcartel.com we ship anywhere i don't care if you live in utah which actually i just mailed one out there <laughs> or if you live in beijing i don't care where the hell you live if you want one You are going to get one, so make sure you get those uh, t-shirts today. And if you want your music played on the show, or if you're interested in being a guest on the show, shoot me an email, bangerangradio at gmail.com. Get those submissions in. I don't always play everything that gets submitted to me. I play it if I'm into it, of course, uh, is what I mean to say. And I don't mean to say that in a bad way. It's just, if I'm not into it, I'm not going to play it. Um... And I would love to, I'd love to talk to you, So, or if you have any other questions. I hope that didn't come out, come out in the wrong way. But anyway, so bangerangradio at gmail.com. Send in those submissions. We'll get you on the show in uh, one shape or form of, of another. Uh, our podcast is also available, by the way, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and you can watch some of the episodes on YouTube. I haven't put any new ones up yet. It's been hard to get a video version up. But anyway, once again, thank you so much for tuning in to Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. We'll be back next week. Have a good one.
1: Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.